What's up and welcome to Radiate Church Online. My name is Travis. I'm one of the pastors here and I'm really excited to be joining you guys from wherever you're at for this experience. If you hadn't heard it already from Pastor Brandon, today is all about life groups, man. Life group sign up starts today. So I'm really excited to bring a message today that's literally all about doing life together. So with no further ado, let me kind of guide you on what today is going to look like. I would love to inform you a little bit about what life groups are and why they matter to you, include you and let you know that, hey, there are life groups designed specifically for right wherever you're at in the exact stage of life that you're in. And ultimately, I just want to inspire you and encourage you that we're truly not meant to do life alone. And I think we're going to see a couple of passages in the Bible that are going to really help lend some perspective to that. But let's start at the very beginning. Like, what are life groups? So life groups are essentially just that. They're groups of people who meet outside of normal worship experiences, right? And we believe that life is pretty diverse, and we think that life groups should be pretty diverse as well. So whenever you're scrolling over the next week or so and you're signing up for your life group, you're going to see things all the way from uh, playing Xbox to going through the wormhole and doing a study of the letter of Revelation. See, what we know is that in life, people tend to group. Um, right now, if, if you're a lady and you're watching this and you're going to go get coffee with someone, you probably already know the first five people that you're going to text you're going to ask to go get coffee with you. I love playing golf. And listen, if I got three other spots to fill uh, on the links on a Saturday, I literally have a list of people I am going to work through that I'm going to invite to come play golf. And it's simply because people naturally group. And at Radiate, we're not just a church uh, with groups. We're a church of groups. So all life groups are essentially is gatherings of folks that meet together to put Jesus at the center outside a normal worship experience. And so the next like question I would be thinking is, well, hey, PT, why are they important? You told me what they are, but what does that matter to me? And it's literally just that you need to know that Jesus died for people and that he made us, God made us so communal to where that we are just made to do life with one another. And, you know, from the get-go, um, God centered uh, humankind around community. He created a man and a woman, and they created families, and families created communities were designed to experience life together. So when are life groups might be your next question. So at Radiate Church, life groups are on a semester basis, and they start every few months. And with that, they are a free market system, which means, you know what, you can sign up for literally as many groups as you want. Um, listen, there's nothing better then having a little bit of variety, right? You get your golf group, you get your Xbox group, and you also get your Bible study group. It's a great way to be around other folks. So then the natural question is, well, PT, how do I sign up? Hold on a second. We'll get to that at the end of today's experience. But I'm glad I got a chance to inform you a little bit about what life groups are. But I really want to take a moment to include you too. So perhaps maybe you're in this experience for the very first time, or you're kicking the tires on faith, or somebody shared this with you, or you're listening to this podcast at some point in time in the future, and you're not quite in real time, and you're thinking to myself, well, does this still matter to me? And 
can I still be a part of life groups? And I want to say emphatically, yes, absolutely, you can be a part of a life group. See, life groups are really all uh, inclusive. They're not exclusive at all. They are designed for any person, no matter where they are in their faith journey, where they are in developing their faith. And heck, you might not even be a follower of Jesus yet, and you are more than welcome to join any life group that we have at Radiate Church. And here's the cool thing, too. What we actually find is there are a lot of folks who have another church home who really feel drawn to people and to a particular study, and anyone is more than welcome to join a life group here at Radiate Church. But that's a little bit about what they are and, and the fact that they're actually designed specifically for you today. But I love to spend the rest of this experience inspiring and encouraging you to not do life alone. And I like to dive a little bit more into the heart of what uh, life groups are. And we call them the three C's. They're connection, community, and care. So let's take a minute to dive into the first C, which is connection. And I like to really think about connection and let's try it in two ways. Uh, the first way is connection is actually biblical. I mean, let's think about it. You know, Jesus died. The entire central message of the gospel is that Jesus died so you and I can have a right relationship with God. The story of our Bible is threaded through relationships and through connection. I mean, think about this. After Jesus, he dies, he resurrects on the third day. He spends some time with his closest followers before he, he returns to heaven and he says, listen, I want you to go make disciples, to baptize people, to teach them all that I commanded, and I'm going to be with you until the end of the age. See, Jesus knows that building his kingdom involves people just like me and you getting in relationships with other individuals. And I'm talking about real relationships. I want to read a passage that I think is going to thread that first thought that uh, that connection is biblical to a second thought, which is that we're actually built for authentic, real connection. And it's a passage in 1 Thessalonians. I want to read to you 1 Thessalonians 2.8. And in this passage, Paul, Timothy, and Silvanus are writing to a church that's essentially in northern Greece at the time. They say that having such a fond affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but our own lives because you have come so dear to us. And see, I love this verse because it really captures the heart that connection truly is biblical. You know, it's our job to continue that mission to go and share the gospel. And one of the greatest ways we can do that is to create and forge relationships with other people. But the second part of that message uh, I think it's as important as well. I think it's really cool. Paul says that it's not only did we share the good news that Jesus died to redeem and rescue everything that was lost, but man, we're actually really glad we got to spend our lives with you because you have become so dear to us. See, the second way I want to look at connection is connection is really special when it's <clears throat> not really face value or surface, but when we really get to know someone else and not like the fake filtered Instagram version, right? But the actual real person. And I want to share a thought with you and take a minute to take this in because I think it's really powerful. <clears throat> There's never been a moment in history 
where anyone has ever listened to a Radiate Church podcast, they've ever clicked to watch an online experience, or this used to be kind of a foreign thing, right? But hopefully again soon we'll get to experience this. Uh, Don the door of a Radiate Church that isn't looking for something. I'm gonna say that again. No one's ever listened to a podcast, watched an online experience, or donned the door of a Radiate Church who isn't looking for something. And I can prove that. I'm a pastor here, and every day I wake up that I listen to a podcast or that I prepare to serve on a Sunday or I get to lead a team or pray with somebody and ask God for something that they're asking God for, I get to live out a purpose. I get to take steps closer to Jesus. I get to go, God, thank you for dying to redeem and rescue me. And I want to live out something for you. See, I'm looking for something. I'm looking for an opportunity to serve Jesus. But man, what if you're somebody who, you know, connections kind of like, hey, I'm not that much of a people person. Well, at the end of the day, you, you might find that you're actually looking for something too. See, I had an experience uh, one Sunday a few months ago where I met someone in our lobby for the very first time. Hey, you know, I try to be a charmer. I go through my little spill just to kind of connect with him, right, to see how, how he found out about us and, and, and what he already knew uh, and how I can make him feel comfortable that day. And so we were kind of having a conversation about, you know, hey, what brought him to church that day? And he said, you know, I'm actually looking to find a group of people I can hang out with that aren't constantly using drugs. And man, that was a really sobering moment for me to really sit back and think that, wow, man, everyone really is looking for something. People crave authentic relationships. And a life group is a perfect place to build and forge lasting relationships that bring everyone closer to Jesus. So the first C is connection. Now, the second C is community. And uh, we are really, I just want to brag for a second on our church. Like, I love doing it. Uh, we are really, really blessed. God has trusted us over COVID. He's trusted us in years past. I believe he's going to trust us in the future that we get to see first-time guests and new folks all the time. Man, it is really cool and energizing to see people um, come closer to Jesus and come hang out with us. And with that, one of the greatest ways that we can continue to be a really tight-knit family is, like I said, not being a church with groups, but a church of groups. And life groups are a perfect way to experience community. So as the church grows larger, this is a really intimate way that we can, can, can constantly become smaller to where we are tight-knit family. This is pretty cool. So if you log on today and you go to look at some of our life groups, those life groups are actually represented by multiple counties in the state of South Carolina. And there are plenty of life groups you can join that are strictly online. So you could join like, you know, from six feet or six time zones away. So I am really thankful for the sense of community that we have. But that word community is kind of interesting. So if I were to say that word to you, right now, it might bring a whole new set of emotions that it normally would never bring, right? You might be thinking, you know, if I hear the word community, uh, is it safe for me to be within six feet of somebody with a mask on? Should I, can I, is it okay for me to be around somebody with a, <clears throat> a mask off? Or, you know, maybe we're entering into an election season where you're like, you know, I'm, 
considering voting for this candidate, but I don't really know if I fit in anymore with my friends who are posting and they're actually leaning a different way. Or, you know, maybe there's something polarizing that's happening right now that you're like, I don't know, man, if I really fit in where I used to get in anymore. And I think community can be a really charged word. But the funny thing is, is like it was actually really simple and it started super simple in our Bible. And I think what we're going to find is if we stick to that blueprint, chances are that we're going to be such a different community that it is truly going to draw everyone closer to Jesus. And I want to show you what community actually looks like in the Bible. And this might be a really familiar passage to you. And it happens um, at the infancy of our church, right? So uh, I'm going to read the passage. I'll tell you a little bit about it and then we'll dive in. But I'm going to read one verse and it's Acts 2, 42. And it says, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And see, in this passage, God had promised that once Jesus has ascended into heaven to return again, that he was going to impart his spirit on his people. And you might have heard about the Holy Spirit um, from watching a previous sermon or just from your experience in life. But kind of up to the point of Jesus's death and resurrection, God's spirit was available to certain people at certain times. But everything kind of flipped whenever Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he said, you know what? Now this is available to each and every believer. So we see a, a new community start to form. And I want to kind of look at the four things that they were all about really quick, because I think it's really going to help us see how simple following Jesus with other people can truly be. So the first thing they said is that they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. What does this mean? They were continually learning about Jesus you know, we get the benefit of going back today and reading the manuscripts the, the apostles wrote. We are blessed to have pastors and a lead pastor who teaches from Scripture each and every week where we get to receive the apostles' teaching. It is essentially learning to be more like Jesus. <clears throat> the second thing is they had fellowship, right? And it's a Greek word, koinonia. And it literally means sharing everything. This community of Jesus followers share things that you can see like their possessions and they share things that you couldn't see either like grace like you know whenever I'm not so good to you and for no reason you know you go you know what that was crappy but I forgive you right the things that we can't see they were quickly sharing as well it says that they broke bread right and that means that they're gathering together in small settings intimate settings as well and whenever they're gathering, they're doing something that reminds them that Jesus is at the center of their lives and they can fully place their trust and life in him and can build a life around him. This is where they would take the sacrament of communion or the Lord's Supper, where they would remember what Jesus said at the Passover feast before his own death. And then lastly, they were devoted to prayer. You know, there's, not, there's really nothing better. I'm, I'm borrowing this from my uncle right now. He's a pastor. And I remember him always saying, you know, Travis, there's nothing better than asking God for the things that we cannot do ourselves. It's, it's a quick reminder, right, of how small I am and how great and how sovereign and how gracious and righteous and powerful he is. Prayer is pretty simple, right? It is praying to God as well as praying for other people. And the interesting here is, you know, as we go back through, that's a pretty simple blueprint for what community 
looks like. And these, all these same things happen in our life groups, right? We encourage one another, we read scripture, we pray for one another, and we talk about how we can take next steps in our faith. And I want to tell you the interesting thing is, just like in the year, I don't know, 50 AD, where this is happening, right, is not that different than 2020 because communities don't normally look like this. This is a community that says, hey, we're all about loving God and each other. I want to read you a passage. I think this is kind of cool. I'm going to dive into one other piece of scripture here before we move on. It's in Ephesians 4. Paul's writing some other churches, and he says, uh, So I say this and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. And I know it's kind of like a weird verse to kind of throw at you in the middle of nowhere, but Paul is writing to a church in Ephesus, and a lot of his letter that he's sending is essentially, man, what does it look like to walk out this Christian thing with other people? And he says, don't act like the Gentiles act. Well, the funny thing is, Paul's writing to Gentiles, and all a Gentile means is somebody who's not a Jew. And that would be like me looking into the camera today, or better yet, Paul writing to us today and saying, hey, whatever you do, don't act like the Americans do. Uh, well, Paul, we are American, right? And what he's trying to get us to think about is, man, whenever we come into community with one another with Jesus at the center, our citizenship changes a little bit our character changes a little bit. And that community should actually be, like Jesus said, like salt or like light. It should be something so contrast to the surrounding that it really draws people's attention to, hey, there is something special going on with this group of people. So the second C is community. Now the third C is care. And uh, I want to tell you, care is a small word, but care actually goes a really, really long ways. And, and we value care at Radio Church. We have a care team. We have a care portal. If you are uh, watching this experience right now uh, in real time or on demand, you're going to see something in the chat that's going to let you uh, indicate, man, if there's anything going on in your life. And, and as a church, we actually invest in a, um, a grief support ministry just in the event that something goes haywire and you get that rainy day in your life, that there's someone who's going to come alongside you for that. Care is a small word, but it's actually a really, really big deal. And yet again, I kind of want us to look at care in two ways, because I think this is going to really help paint the picture of how life group people to come alongside you happens. It happens in your life group. And they are uh, groups of friends. They're groups of people who are in the exact same position in life you are. They understand what you're going through. And man, we really believe that sometimes on our rainy days, God truly places people in our lives who can help walk that out with us. And um, what's unfortunate is you might be watching this and you're like, oh my gosh, man, I don't even know right now who I would ask to help me out with something. Man, that, that's, that alone is a reason why you need to be doing life together with someone. Uh, I want to read you a passage in Ecclesiastes 4. I think this one's really cool. We're going to go through it. And uh, I, think it w I think it's going to be a little self-explanatory of why we should care for one another. I'm in Ecclesiastes 4. I'm going to read uh, verse 9 through 12. And it says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either one of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. 
but how can one keep warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him, and a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. And that's some wise words from King Solomon on what it looks like to to be in community with other people and not just uh, for, you know, celebrating all the good things. And man, that stuff's good. That's what life groups are for too, but it's for the rainy day too. And unfortunately, it's not if it's going to rain, it's essentially when it's going to rain. So life groups are great places um, where you can really count on people to walk through you on those rainy days. And like I said, it was for the future, but, you know, it's actually also for the past. So think about this, like, hey, PT, I've already had my rainy day, right? You know, I'm, I'm looking for the job right now and I've been out of work or, you know, me and my wife are going through a really tough time financially or with our marriage or raising our kids, trying to figure out school. Or you're thinking, man, I've got relationship problems. Um, I'm still struggling over losing a loved one. Man, maybe you've already had your rainy day and I want to let you know that life groups are special places that help you deal with your yesterdays. And uh, they, <laughs> I have a note here that says, they help you deal with your junk, right? I think that might be the most practical way to put it. They help you deal with the crappy things you've experienced in life. They help you deal with your junk. And we're talking about real people helping each other deal with real problems. And uh, I want to read you uh, another passage. It's in James uh, chapter 5. I think this one's really cool. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And uh, I think that verse right there pretty much uh, definitely sums up the fact that, listen, when we're in community, we can ask God. And let me, let's, let's, let's back up for a second. Jesus is the only one who can swoop in and fix these problems for the long term. But like I said, he puts people in our lives to come alongside us for those very tough moments. And we can pray for one another and we can actually share those burdens with one another. And like I said, you might be somebody who's watching this right now and you're like, I don't even know who I would have pray for me if I was going through something and I'm still trying to get over something. And I wanna let you know that whenever you're part of a life group, man, there's a group of people who are sitting there willing and waiting to care specifically for you. So I hope you've learned a little bit as we've kind of informed everyone on what it looks like uh, to join a life group, why it's important, right? That everyone's absolutely included. And I hope you've been encouraged by the heart, the true engine of life groups, which are connection, community, and care. And so I really would love to take this opportunity right now um, just to pray for everyone. Uh, I want to pray over your next step. I want to pray over your decision to join a life group, which one it is. I want to pray over, um, you know, even if that's not the step you're going to take in this moment, you're like, man, I need to make, I don't even know if I've ever made a decision for Jesus. I want to let you know, we have people right now who are ready to pray for you, who are prepared to help walk that out with you. And I want the opportunity just to encourage everyone and pray over everyone who's taking a next step today. So right wherever you're at, unless you're, Listen to this podcast and you're driving. Take a minute to bow your heads really quick. God, I thank you so much for uh, what you're doing in our church, God. I thank you for in in such a weird time that we're experiencing that we can still come together and and forge connections and community, God, and that that you give us one another to care for one another. God, I want to pray right now over every decision that's being made of which group to join, God, and, and if that decision 
uh, is halted right now because somebody's like, you know what? I've never made a decision to follow you. God, I'm praying that you soften their hearts right now. Uh, God, it, we know it's nothing magical that we, do, we can do. It's just putting our, our faith and our trust in you and just admitting that, man, our shortcomings and repenting and turning away from those things and chasing a life with you placed in the center. God, I wanna pray over these next steps that we're taking today. I wanna pray over joining a group today. I wanna pray over our groups for the entire semester, not just for signups, God, but we know that's where life change can happen. God, I wanna pray over the bondage that's released and the freedom that is gained in our groups. God, I wanna pray over, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter if it's the Xbox group or if it's a revelation study, people just ultimately draw closer to you and they forge lasting connections with each other, God. Thank you for allowing us to be the church that you died for, not a building, God, but a group of people that you died for. We thank you for this. And it's in your name I pray, amen.